This is 10 Things I Like About, a 10-minute, 10-episode podcast about unknown or misunderstood wildlife. Welcome to 10 Things I Like About. I'm Kirsten, your host, and this is a podcast about misunderstood or unknown creatures in nature. Some we'll find right outside our doors, and some are continents away, but all are fascinating. This podcast will focus 10 10-minute episodes on different animals and their amazing characteristics. Please join me on this extraordinary journey. You won't regret it. This episode continues rattlesnakes. And the seventh thing I like about this misunderstood animal is how they hunt and eat their food. We have covered some of this in the fangs and venom episode. In this episode, we'll take a look at how they find their food and how they catch their food. Let's start off with how rattlesnakes hunt. They are classified as ambush predators, which means they lay in wait until the right prey item comes to them. Personally, I love this strategy. Maximum reward with minimum effort. When you're an ambush predator, you need to hide well so you can catch your prey by surprise. Rattlesnakes do this by sitting very still under low foliage, fallen logs, and in dark crevices. The patterns on their skin, besides making them look so pretty, is camouflage to help them blend into the background. So diamondbacks don't have diamonds on their back, just so we could call them diamondbacks. The light and dark patterning actually helps break up their shape so that prey items are unaware of what is actually waiting in the shadows. The second adaptation that rattlesnakes use to catch their prey is their tongue. And we talked a little bit about this in the anatomy episode, but we're going to recap very quickly. So snakes do have forked tongues that collect scent particles when flicked into the air. So they are actually smelling with their tongues. The scent particles cling to the tongue, and then when they bring their tongue back into their mouth, they take the forked ends and put it up into a Jacobson's organ, which sits in the top of their mouth, and the scent particles are deposited in there. This organ actually decodes the particles, and it tells the snake what is in their environment. So it helps them decide which direction to go when they're moving through their territory. If they scent a little mouse to the right and they're hungry, they'll go to the right. If they're, maybe I'm thirsty, and they smell some water to the left, they'll go to the left. So rattlesnakes also have another very cool adaptation that allows them to essentially see thermally. Maybe it's a hot adaptation. Yes, rattlesnakes can see heat signatures, which, whether it's cool or it's hot, it's an amazing ability. Rattlesnakes are in a group of snakes called pit vipers. This name comes from the fact that they have pits in their faces. Now, no, they didn't have bad acne that left them with scarring. The pits are by design. The heat-sensing organ, called pits, are located between their eyes and nostrils, So they have one on each side. So how do they work? Is it like looking through a thermal camera? 
According to the American Museum of Natural History, there is a thin membrane that connects the thermal receptor to the brain at the optic nerve. This allows rattlesnakes to see the infrared signature created by heat. They have two of these front-facing organs, and this helps them triangulate the direction and distance of warm-blooded prey, even in total darkness. No night vision goggles needed. So rattlesnakes can use these heat-sensitive receptors to detect infrared for up to three feet. That's not a really far distance. So they're really using those thermal pits to help pinpoint where the prey is after they have used their sense of smell to find them or when they've been waiting for them, they know they're close enough. They can switch to that thermal and that will help them see exactly where they are and how close they are. In 2010, a scientific study discovered the molecular process behind snakes' night vision. They examined the nerve receptors in the pit organs of a rattlesnake. What they found was truly fascinating. Rattlesnake thermal pits produce a protein that, in other species of animals, including us humans, detects chemical irritants. In rattlesnakes, these wasabi receptors, as they are called, evolved to detect heat instead of irritants. Ugh, nature, it's amazing. Okay, so now we still don't know exactly how snakes turn the information they receive from their thermal pits into infrared images. The membrane transfers the information to the brain, but how is it translated into a thermal image? A theoretical model proposed by University of Houston and Rutgers University researchers suggests an answer. They based some of their model on natural occurring pyroelectric materials. Yes, that's a real thing. In nature, pyroelectric materials are rare, but they can be found in hard crystals. These types of crystals are not found in snakes. But what the paper proposes is that some soft cells can act as weak pyroelectric conductors under certain circumstances. Very, very interesting. Quoting from Scientific American, Sharma and his team developed a mathematical model to show how static charges would move in a material that is deformable and responsive to heat, end quote. A soft material such as the membrane in a rattlesnake's brain, perhaps? The theoretical tests that they ran showed that when a membrane thickens in reaction to increased heat, the charge on its cells should shift slightly, which can result in a voltage charge that can be detected by the nerve cells. This may be how rattlesnakes use their thermal pits to see prey in the dark. Now, real-world research needs to be performed to prove that this is how it works, but it certainly is an intriguing idea. Okay, now that we know how rattlesnakes find their prey, let's look at how they catch their prey. 
As I said before, most of the time rattlesnakes are ambush predators. They employ a sit-and-wait approach to finding food. Once an appropriate item comes along and has been pinpointed, they will prepare themselves to strike. When waiting for prey to appear, rattlesnakes will actually rest with their head laterally coiled and resting on another curve of their body. The neck will kind of look like an S-shape and is often resting on the rest of the body that's coiled in kind of a circular shape. This gives them the perfect amount of leverage to strike at prey. When striking at prey, the snake thrusts downward with kind of a kinking and a twist in the neck. This applies greater pressure to embed the fangs deep enough so that the injected venom will do its job. Once this is done, and this is done in a matter of seconds, the rattlesnake lets go. The venom will act on the prey item pretty much right away, and the animal typically doesn't make it too far from the rattlesnake. If it is able to wander far enough away that the rattlesnake can no longer easily see it, the rattlesnake can follow the distinctive scent of their own venom to find it again. So as discussed in the fangs and venom episode, the venom doesn't only dispatch the prey item, it also begins the digestion process. So what do rattlesnakes eat? Excellent question, listeners. I do love it when you think ahead. All snakes are carnivores, which means they eat meat. There are no snakes out there chowing down on grass or shrubby plants. When thinking about what snakes eat, the first animal that comes to mind is mice. This is often a staple of any snake's diet, but rattlesnakes do eat other types of animals. Small mammals, birds, and the young of large mammals are the most frequent prey items, but insects, arthropods, lizards, other snakes, Frogs, toads, salamanders, and bird eggs can also be consumed. Occasionally, they might even be a little cannibalistic and eat neonate rattlesnakes. Young pygmy rattlesnakes eat mostly small frogs and lizards, but adult pygmy rattlesnakes prefer voles, shrews, and other deer mice. This is a trend that we can see in many species of rattlesnakes, where the young will eat smaller amphibians and reptiles, but when they're adults, they switch to small mammals. Massasagas frequently eat small mammals and birds, but will consume frogs, crayfish, fish, and lizards. I'd really like to see these snakes catch a fish. The indigenous rattlesnake of Coronado Island is forced to be diurnal due to cool weather conditions, and they eat mostly lizards because the rodents that live there are nocturnal. One of the most interesting prey items is eaten by the banded rock rattlesnake and the ridge-nose rattlesnakes. They eat large centipedes in the genus Scolopendra. This is risky business because these centipedes are large, they have a rigid exoskeleton, and they have huge pincer-like fangs with which to inject their own venom. It seems that the rattlesnake will strike near the centipede's head, embed their fangs in between the segments, and they will hold on until the centipede stops moving. All I have to say to that is wow. Wow, wow, wow. Well, that's it for this amazing episode. Hunting and catching prey is my seventh favorite thing about rattlesnakes. 
If you're enjoying this podcast, please recommend me to friends and family and take a moment to give me a rating on whatever platform you're listening. It will help me reach more listeners and give the animals I talk about an even better chance at change. And join me next week for another episode about rattlesnakes. This has been an episode of 10 Things I Like About with Kirsten and Company. Original music written and performed by Catherine Camp, piano extraordinaire. <laughs>